0: Welcome back to Butwhile the Podcast. And today we're talking about Mass Effect. As always, I'm Kate and I'm here with Adrian.
1: Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello.
0: And we have a special guest, Josh, co-founder of Bear Punch Media, host of Massively Affected, which is the latest podcast in our community.
2: Hi there. Hello.
0: <laughs> Happy to finally have you on.
2: I'm excited. I get to talk to you guys and you know, podcast times. It's great.
0: <laughs> um, I will say, uh whenever we bring a guest on, we like to ask them, you know, why you're here to talk about this thing. So yeah, Josh, why are you here to talk about this thing?
2: <laughs> well, as Kate mentioned, I am the host of a show called Massively Affected. Mass Effect is just uh a in a big part of my career as uh, mentioned. I am the host of Massively Affected and I got my start uh talking Mass Effect pretty much. My entire podcast was centered initially around talking about that eight years, nine years ago. And yeah, now I I center a lot of my conversations on asking people why they enjoy Mass Effect. So that's why.
0: <laughs> well, that, com- that fits completely into what we're going to talk about here today, which is ma- why Mass Effect matters. And in a shock to no one, actually maybe a shock to some people, because I don't talk about Mass Effect that much. I think I do on this podcast, but not that much in general online. I'm going to be leading us through today's episode. And our first question is, Paragon, Renegade, or Mixed?
3: So first of all, I thought you did a whole entire panel on Mass Effect, so I don't understand why you act like you don't talk about it.
0: No, but like, I don't, okay, there's a difference. I don't talk about it online as much. Kind of in the same way as like, hey, I'm clearly a fan of Tolkien because of my handle, but I don't talk about it with people that much. That's that fair. I also
1: don't feel like it's brought up that much, like when we talk about like our gaming episodes and things like that. You know? Yeah. Which we'll yeah. go into later. Why not?
0: <laughs> oh, sir. Um, expect at least one rant from Matt today, guys. Which is good, because he's missed a couple of episodes. That's how he pays, in rants. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Paragon, Renegade, or a mix.
2: Uh, for me, I started out uh, I started out playing Renegade. I was always the person who liked to play the evil, the bad guy, that kind of stuff in games and things, and I never understood when I would see people be like, oh, it's so hard for me to play Renegade, and things like that. So I ultimately played everything, but I would play Renegade or a slight mix. I'm trying now, actually, on a Legendary Edition playthrough to do Renegade, and it turns out I'm... Nicer person than I used to be. It's actually way harder than than it was when I was younger. So I'd still I'd say mix at this point.
0: Adrian,
1: uh, yeah, I'm pretty mixed as I am in most of these kind of games. Unless I'm playing Star Wars, I'm going full Dark Side because they have cooler powers. Um, sure. when you go Dark Side, <laughs> uh, but I'm usually pretty mixed. I probably say probably more Paragon with like some renegadey things because if some guy pulls a gun on me, I'm shooting him in the face. You know, I'm not talking that guy Did down. Did you
0: punch the reporter?
1: Yes. Uh, of course you punched the reporter, yeah. Uh, yeah, so probably probably more Paragon, a little bit of Renegade, but overall just mixed. Kind of whatever whatever the situation feels like is is what I'm going with. More so like what I would do if I was a Commander Shepard in this world with like laser pistols and, you know, dickhead aliens, so.
3: Matt? Um, I'm going to go with none, because despite how many times I've tried to play this game... I don't understand why people like this, and I guess I'll start the episode with this is the most overrated franchise of all time, and that's how we're going to go with this whole episode and thing.
0: And now you know why I asked to have a guess.
3: <laughs> so I'm going to go with none, because despite the five times in probably the at least 15 hours I've attempted to try to play this, these games, I don't get it.
0: Well, hopefully by the end of the episode we can at least share a little bit as to why you get it, although if 176 episodes aren't enough evidence we probably won't. Um, <laughs> I will say for me I am I'm I'm a good mix. I would say that I mostly go paragon for the most part only because there're certain dialogue options that get kind of like Locked away. But my first playthrough, I didn't realize that. So I really, I I played a little bit better. But I have playthroughs on all of them. So I have like the Paragon playthrough where it's straight Paragon, the Renegade playthrough, playthrough where it's straight re- Renegade. And then I have, you know, a mixed perspective, which is kind of like the Kate playthroughs, I like to say. And we'll talk a little bit more about the pa- the Paragon and Renegade morality system when we get into the but why those and mechanics of the game. Um, Fun fact, Renegade means a hell of a lot different things in 1 and 2 than it does in 3. Because it jumps from punching the reporter to genocide. So, (laughs) without further ado, let's talk space things. So here's the history. Mass Effect is a science fiction action role-playing third-person shooter series released for the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and PC, with the third installment also being released on the Wii U. The, f- the fourth game, Mass Effect Andromeda, was released was released on Windows, PS4, and Xbox One in 2017. The series started in 2007. Uh, so the first game was released in 2007. It sees Shepard investigating Saren, whom Shepard slowly comes to understand is operating under the guidance of Sovereign, a reaper left behind in the Milky Way tens of thousands of years before when the Reapers exterminated virtually all sentient organic life in the galaxy as part of a recurrent cycle of genocide for unknown purposes. The second game takes place two years later and sees Shepard battling the Collectors, an alien race abducting entire human colonies, in a plan to help the Reapers return to the Milky Way. Fun fact, you died before this, so you're like a reanimated Shepard now. You also lose whatever romance you had in the first one half the time, too. (laughs) The final game of Shepard's Trilogy centers on the war being waged against the Reapers. Um, And then the fourth installment takes place in Andromeda Galaxy and features a new cast of characters 600 years in the future. Um, They follow the Pathfinder through colonizing the new galaxy and dealing with a cat. Um, The series itself is highly regarded for its narrative, character development, voice acting, universe, and emphasis on player choice affecting the experience uh, and it takes a lot of the things that we love about sci-fi in general and pulls it into a very uh, into its own world. Um and before we jump into the but why those and the mechanics, I do kind of want to ask like why why y'all started playing in the first place? Like what kind of drew you to this game? Um because I didn't come into the game until until 3 was almost released because i actually don't like sci-fi games that much at all which is a shocker because i like star wars and so like i just kind of want to know like what got y'all to pick up the game
1: uh
2: i could could hop in first so yeah for me it was it's interesting because i consider myself a long-standing bioware fan at least for the bioware of old but the funny thing is when I think of games pre Mass Effect, I'm not sure I can actually think of a BioWare game I super like. I'm one of the people who thinks KOTOR was perfectly fine and not that, but not amazing or anything like that. So this is where
1: I leave, <laughs> Just kidding.
2: Just kidding. no, that's where everyone leaves when I bring this up. I I, re- I don't really bring this up in conversation. This may be the first time I'm publicly saying that I like it a lot. I played through multiple playthroughs, but it just wasn't the end all be all for me so i don't really know what it why i had this bioware i don't know not a fandom uh, hookup kind of thing to it but yeah i saw something about mass effect and it was specifically the it was before the game came out and it was something of the note related to that the plan was that you were going to be able to carry your your save data forward that that was how they planned to work with it and that that aspect of the same thing was it was exciting to me. That's actually I tend to buy a lot of games based on that promise that never really comes to fruition. And and yeah, so I picked up Mass Effect because of that and got hooked on it. Uh, very it was it was late in the first game when I finally got like hooked hooked on it.
1: I am pretty sure I started playing because Kate told me to. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's where this is at for me. If I remember correctly, uh,
3: that is also true.
1: Yeah, I think we—I think it was like after like the Mass Effect, um, or after our Bodyware. I don't—I don't remember which, which episode it was, but yeah, I played because Kate said it was really fun, and I trust Kate's opinions on video games, so I played it and really liked it. But I just never finished it because we like we moved, and then we had like the sole like discourse about like the ending of the game. It was like, oh, I don't want to play off this game, and then like not like the ending, so I'm gonna stop where I'm having fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah,
0: um, and we'll get into the ending stuff because I have strong feelings, and I will say. In the world currently, I have actually met more fans who liked the ME3 ending, ending than I have fans who hated it, which is something Agreed. that I don't know is like one of those like distance things, but yeah. And Matt, why did you want to play it, and why did you stop playing it?
3: Um, I was told I was supposed to play it, because I liked RPGs, and it was great and fantastic, and then obviously it never looked that intriguing but then i did end up playing like i don't know if it was before one of my attempts playing, but i I obviously i played dragon age which i think comes out about a year or two after this one which is dragon age was
2: 09 mass effect was 07
3: yeah i know it comes out a little after and i was like i love dragon age origins and so i was like you know what finally i'll give this a chance the first one and i didn't like it at all um for lots of reasons and then i remember and then i remember we went and bought a game it was funny because obviously i tried playing mass effect 1 about like i think three times over the course of stuff and the mass effect 2 comes out and everybody's like this is the greatest thing in the world or something or whatever and then i remember we went to go buy i don't remember what game it was my brother and i in which they gave us the free mass effect 2 with it came with it and it was like this bonus thing and i was like you know what it's a free game we got to take advantage of it and then I remember we trying to play it and then we were like, I wonder if we can just take it back and give it back, even though it was free, because this was ass. And um then we just never and then so then after that, like after giving those trials, like, I'm just done. And then obviously Mass Effect three came out, and by that time I didn't care, and then obviously the whole ending stuff that ended up happening, and I was like, ah, I'm just I'm out of this.
0: This hurts my soul so much. <laughs> <laughs> Um I do like to know that it is at least not like what was revealed on the an- on like for anime that somebody just kept you from playing it but so that's at least good at least you've tried uh, but like when we get into the but why those one of the reasons why this is a game that a lot of people say that you should play and um one of the reasons why people fall in love with it is the mechanics so it has pretty standard RPG mechanics. So while various features of gameplay are varied across the series, so th- and this is very specific. Mass Effect One, technically speaking, is a very different game than Mass Effect Two and Three. Like it has a different, uh, more intricate system with weapons and armor that you don't necessarily see carry out throughout the rest of the series. Um, and so there are varying pieces there. But the the standard things is that mass effect games um because they are action role-playing games you get the chance to customize your version of the character um Shepard, you can choose the default femme Shepard or, or male shep um and it's funny because i definitely have met more people who play female shep than than not which is interesting um and then you and then for mass effect andromeda you play writer but either way you are making the protagonist of the game pretty straightforward um, it's based on physical appearance, you also craft their background story, um, and then you get to choose one of six uh, character classes, with each class centered around one to two specializations in combat technology or biotic, which is like the magic in the game. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
0: the, uh, this establishes a skill tree that the player can advance through their, cha- to their character gains of experience levels and completing mis- missions um another key is exploring planets so while you explore planets characters have the option to bring two of their crew members with them who generous generally act autonomously but can be given specific orders. in missions the player can explore the area find information discover loot you know all the stuff that we're used to um the really interesting thing with the companion piece is that they level up as you bring them with them, as as you bring them with you too. So like your characters get better the more time you put into them, which is something that like isn't unique to Mass Effect, but it is something that I really like because it kind of forced me, it forced favorites on me because I went on missions with them a lot and I also talked with them a lot. Um, beyond that, and probably one of my favorite pieces of the game is the pan- the paragon and renegade okay, system. Okay, before we get into that, can what?
3: we talk about how janky the actual combat was in these
0: the games? The first game. The it is first terrible. game's combat was janky. I will give you that. Yeah. Um so the next piece of mechanics is the paragon and renegade system. And this is something where whenever I talk with somebody about Mass Effect and when we did a panel at PAX South before the world ended, um <laughs> we got to kind of rank characters And in that conversation, you got to hear a lot about, like, who left who to die in places? Who chose to shoot certain characters? Um, And a lot of that, like, the reason the Paragon and Renegade system is important is because the choices you make throughout the entirety of the game impact not just your story, but every story around you. Um, So through story encounters and missions, the player meets a number of NPCs and engages in Dialogue trees with them to learn information and progress a story in a dialogue wheel. Which, fun fact, uh, BioWare made the dialogue wheel. Um, that's mm-hmm. their thing. And then everybody else used it. Um,
3: they didn't make the... They made it ten times better than the Oblivion dialogue wheel, is what you're saying.
0: They, it, according to it, they own the term dialogue wheel. And they made the dialogue wheel. That is what sources say most of these choices are simple questions and responses, but in some dialogues, they offer additional choices that either influence how the game plays out from there or as a result of those, or are a result of the previous choices. In the first three games, these choices influence your morality, putting them on the path towards Paragon or Renegade, indicated by the color and positioning on the dialogue wheel. With the second and third game, it became possible to select those choices during the NPC dialogue, resulting in an interruption of the action that could have a larger ramification. Um, the players' choices of Paragon and Renegade could change how some parts of the story progressed and could limit choices of allies they could gain later on in the game or the ability to access powerful gear. Also, fun fact, all y'all know that I just press A. I have been made fun of for it on many episodes by both Adrian and Matt. Mass Effect I never press A. I never just try to get on to the next thing cuz that's a bad idea. That's how you make a whole bunch of enemies. That's how you don't listen to what your to what the person you were ram- romancing was saying and you've missed your one shot to give them the correct answer to romance <laughs> them because you didn't listen to their first piece. <laughs> Additionally, like the way that like this really works is that is okay so matt put a picture of the oblivion no it's not it's here. not an actual it's that's not, not it's a, the it, same it, thing no sir. it is
3: not but i just funny because it is a wheel of a game a personality game where each one you select depends on what ends up happening it's, it's almost, very dumb
0: it's almost terrible. as if wheels are standard ui integrations
3: oh absolutely. like weapon wheels <laughs>
0: what <laughs> again bioware made the dialogue wheel Thank you for proving yeah, yourself you wrong.
1: You justified there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, the biggest piece about all of this and what I just said is that accountability isn't just shaping your playthrough, but it's shaping the world that you're going to have from that point forward. And this is really, really important because I don't understand what the game looks like if you let Ashley live. Because I killed her space races ass Every time that I ever played through this series, and I will do it again in Legendary, never going to play through the game with her. Um, She also has, like, the personality of a wet mop. Um, But that means that my game is just completely different. Because... She's not around to have any influence. She's not around to bring her storylines with her. And my experience has completely changed. And the same thing happens with people who are absolutely horrible and chose to kill Rex. You're horrible. If hell exists, you're going to be there. That's just, that is what I am saying. Ashley
1: shot him. What do you want me to do? All right. (laughs) Ashley shot him. I was trying to talk him down. Mm He was getting buck. I was like, "Hey, man! Like, hey, no. whoa, whoa!" I put my hands up, and then Ashley shoots him. and I is receive,
0: and I receive no. Racist. Look,
1: first of all, I don't receive any Paragon or Renegade things when Ashley shot him. So the whole like, "Oh, you—that's yeah, a Renegade choice." I was like, "No!" Like, I was like, "Hey, you know, let's talk this out." And then Ashley shoots him. How, how is that my fault? How's that my fault? Game. She's
0: a all space right. racist.
1: I told myself I was gonna go back and like do over choices i so also I had to live feel with like it. you had lo- to live with it so
0: i feel like when you replay through for legendary you'll love it because rex is the biggest bro like ever and he's just a sweet baby like i love him
1: he also pulled a gun on me and i was like hey man you don't don't talk this about it unless you want to be about it all right <laughs>
0: <laughs> um anyway i still hold there's a special place for you. Um look, I'm gonna <laughs>
1: save him this time. I'm gonna save him this time. I've only played through the game once. And it kinda just happened. I didn't even I really did not expect Ashley to shoot him in the back because the dialogue option is like, whoa, whoa, hey, wait, let's talk about this and then he dies. Like I don't have any control over Yeah, I guess I'm gonna, I gotta kill Ashley sooner. But how do I was supposed to know it was supposed to he was gonna shoot her, you know, later in the game? That's that's the beauty of the system, right? What's funny
2: is we're talking about like different ways people play and the different like story outcomes and stuff. I played through Mass Effect One probably ten to fifteen times at this point. When I discovered Ash could even shoot Rex, because it I always had max a I... uh, max intimidation or max charm, so it never even occurred because I literally I mentioned earlier about mechanics. I don't care about the combat that much. Every playthrough when I start Mass Effect One, I immediately decide, am I gonna? Do I want charm or do I intimidate? And I put my points into that before I ever put it into skills. So I always focus on maxing those. So it was seriously like 10, yeah. 15 playthroughs before I was like, Oh, wow, this changes the
1: game, not choosing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it also charm. solidifies that Ashley is a space racist thing, guys. Oh yeah. Like, oh it's no, so I want
1: bad. I want after she did that, I did want to kill her. But like <laughs> obviously, you know, you're playing the game. You can't just was that lizard
2: people? threatening you
0: yeah. and then you also have people who like take the, who run the suicide mission in the game and lose like parts of their crew that they don't get back for the next two games
2: I lost Morden on my very first suicide run yeah I lost Morden on my, that was the only one that was the single solitary death
0: that hurts
2: I did not carry that character over into Mass Effect 3
0: that's so and see and I don't know what anyway all this is to say Every choice that you make dictates where you're going in the future. And now one of the things, we and we talked about it in our Let's Talk panel, is the fact that the Renegade and Paragon system. Paragon is pretty straightforward. You understand what's going to be a good decision and what's not. Renegade goes from, do you want to punch this reporter in the face for being a dick? To, do you want to wipe out this entire population of people? Make your choice. And it's like, well, what if I just want to be a little bad? maybe i don't want to genocide people. and that's one of the things and this this jump specifically happens into 3 um and i think a lot of it is just because of how dire all the circumstances are in 3 that when it comes to doing that like polar that polarizing choice system you kind of it, it gets bigger. um which is also josh, i don't know how the hell you ran through Renegade all the time because that just hurts. like i, ca- I can't i can't make those choices.
2: I was not necessarily the nicest, best person when I used to play the Mass Effect games. So I've I've come a long way, uh, understanding m- uh, my actions and my own thoughts. So uh, that was different. That was a different Josh, <laughs> <laughs> because like for instance, I said I'm like right now for my Legendary Edition, I am doing a primarily Renegade playthrough. But a lot of it is, you know, yeah, you're a dick, so I'm going to be a dick to you. But then it's like, do you want to boil the Rachni Queen in acid and watch them melt? You know, I don't, like, this character is a little bit xenophobic, but even that's a, that's that's beyond <laughs> the pale. We're going to release them, because that just seems a little much.
0: <laughs> um, so. And are, are there any choices that you all have made that have really kind of, like, stuck with you? That, like, whether it was, like, going back and changing, or one that you stuck by, but, like, maybe were i guess like i don't want to say shocked but like how they played out like when it comes to these
2: um i know i have a couple of these the one that's sticking out though my head right now is uh, the bring down the sky dlc for mass effect one which was a choice you get a choice at the very end of that dlc do you um go after the batarian uh guy balak i think his name is do you go after him and actually fight him but he blows up a room of hostages or do you save the hostages and that's a, it's a very simple choice: revenge against someone who really actually has had no impact on you or uh save hostages and the first time I did it, I was on a pure renegade playthrough, so it's like of course I'm gonna do that and it it actually bothered me. Wow, I just watched the room explode and kill people, so I was like, and just gonna rewind and do that uh do that over again kind of thing and i've I've done both ways now, but it bothered me and stuck with me, but um, actually the choice that sticks out the most to me is, uh, <laughs> uh, we're good on spoilers, right? Or um, how, yeah, how, the
0: game's how, been out forever.
2: I just want to make sure. So I'll on also Rena... put
0: it in everything so that people know coming in that it's a spoiler piece.
2: Fair enough. Uh, on Rannoch, Mass Effect Three, depending on options and dialogue choices you've made throughout the entire game, determines one. We were, you know, the fate of the Geth and the Quarians, But if you make a, a not great choice there, in my opinion, uh, Tali jumps off a cliff.
1: And
0: <laughs> I didn't know that.
1: That's what. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, it's uh, kind of really hard to, like, have spoilers on this game, right? Because everyone's playthrough can be just, like, vastly different.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah! I didn't know that that was a thing. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> you, 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 that's why i have said yeah, so,
2: but I'm saying, like, there are choices in Mass Effect 3 that are determined by every choice you've made up to that point and can literally end with, like, uh, you know, situations that you can't escape. Uh, there, there There's nothing you can do, and you lose beloved characters. And it's yeah. absolutely, so, so those are the things that stick around to me the most. The ones that, oh, I can't just rewind my save file. This is literally two whole games of choices kind of thing. Yeah.
0: What about you, Adrian?
1: Um, I don't know. I've only played it through once. So I, I think, like, my perspective on this is, like, a little bit different because I don't know how else the game could have played out. But so I'm just going to stick with I didn't shoot Rex. Ashley actually <laughs> shot Rex. So I'm not a terrible person. <laughs> It's what I'm going to go with, because I really don't... All know I learned
0: is apparently
3: it. you allowed Ashley to live long enough to shoot Rex.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, look, man. Bold. I just wanted to romance everything in that game, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened. I really don't even know how it got to that point. Like, I really don't even remember Ashley. I never took her off the thing, because I never, like, really interacted with her all that much. If I didn't have to, I just kind of just left See, it.
0: and had you had, you would have had those all those awesome moments where she calls aliens animals, and... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't think I got to any of those dialogue points. Because everyone keeps telling me that she's a racist. But I was like, I don't really remember really even talking to her all that much. It was when she saw Rex. I was like, oh, wait, I don't really like
3: this.
0: I really don't like
1: this person. So So I played enough of the game to where
3: I learned that and knew that. (laughs) Like in the first part. Fun
0: fact, if you are playing through it for the first time, please do all the dialogue choices. (laughs) So my biggest choice isn't necessarily that I felt bad about it. But I made the decision not to save the council. And part of me has always thought, well, what ha like, and, 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 like, I've, in the majority of my playthroughs, I choose not to save the council. And that's just because they're not the good guys. Like, they're supposed to be the good guys, but I don't genuinely buy that the council are the good guys. But it always eats at me. And I think, like, a lot of it is just that, like, how that pushes everything. So I think that, like, saving to destroy the council is probably, like, my hardest decision and then i think like the closest or the one after that is uh rewriting the geth um my first playthrough i did not rewrite the the geth i destroyed the heretic geth um did not do that again it made me feel really bad
2: <laughs> yeah a lot of the choices with the geth stuff uh <laughs> a lot of the choices with the geth stuff i find
0: I, I, I honestly,
2: I can't wait to get back to Mass Effect 3 to make those choices again for Mass Effect 2 and 3, because I'm like, I don't, I'll, I'm curious what the different weight is going to be, because I remember those being my harder choices yeah. my, my last few times through.
0: Yeah, no, that's completely right. Uh, So <laughs> going on from that and kind of tailing off of like Ashley and Caden, uh, the relationship system in Mass Effect is another one of its but why those and and it's one of the largest mechanics of the the game that really gets people invested in this and kind of like we talked about like why combat didn't matter as much. Um, So among notable side missions in the series include various romancing options with the main characters crewmates. These included um, uh, both straight and same sex relationships since the uh, player characters gender was selectable as well as interspecies options. Players could work to improve their relationship with these characters through dialogue options, providing them gifts, or completing various side missions specific to each character. Successfully romancing a character would typically lead to scenes leading up to a sexual encounter. Um, While same now, and and I kind of want to go into just talking about like this piece of like the relationships and the side missions that play into it before I jump into the next part. Because I realized talking Mass Effect with other people that I never understood their playthroughs because I always did all of the loyalty missions. One, because I was an achievement hunter. And two, because like I wanted to make a very informed decision on everything. Granted, once I fell in love with Garrus, I fell in love with Garrus and I really didn't care about anybody else. <laughs> um, so yeah. So, a I guess, bit for
3: me, talking about this, I mean, I like the relationship system, and I remember playing in Dragon Age, they kind of, I don't know if they have quite the same, but pretty much the same, almost. Similar, just, yeah. Yeah, very similar. And, while I do intrigue, there are two things that bug that bug me, especially when doing this. Of One, I've learned, um I hate having to take idiot AI on missions. Um, and so, like, <laughs> having to take ai on missions is such annoying and then having to deal with gearing them up oh my gosh that's a pain um which also is kind of like one of the reasons why it's just kind of going away because i'm like man this is a lot of damn work and it's annoying and then obviously as much as i do like the dialogue and stuff it tends to be while some people like thriving it, it ends up being like why don't i just play a damn dating sim with how much dialogue and stuff i'm doing because i'm not doing anything other than just pressing a over and over reading dialogue I would play a Mass Effect dating sim. I'm just putting. it No, I mean, I all I've <laughs> learned is all people did play, and I was like, no wonder I didn't get this, because I was like, I didn't want to play a dating sim. I like the relationship thing, and it might put you some work, but damn, I spent like three hours playing the game just to like talk to people.
0: Yes, yeah. that's the point. You, every, every mission <laughs> yeah. you come through, every mission you come back from, you run around the ship and you see if anybody else has any new like dialogue options for you to I talk to. That's why you did
3: Dragon Age. You ran around the campfire. It was fine.
2: See that was, but that's the funny thing is, I love companion dialogue. I love those kind of, kind of things. But that's actually my big complaint about Mass Effect Three and Dragon Age Inquisition. More so with Inquisition, was the fact of like in Inquisition specifically thinking, "Wow, it's been four hours since I did a mission. I'm still just talking to people. Yeah. I like talking to people, but this is yeah. This is this is much even by my standards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh. Yeah, I get it. Also, I'm just... I still... I don't want a Mass Effect date. <laughs> no, I mean, that's I, fine, I, but... That, give me a Mass but,
0: Effect Atome game, no. please.
2: But, uh, Matt, on your comment on the idiot AI thing, the funny thing is... So, uh, Garrus, beloved by majority of Mass Effect fans, right? I really liked Garrus uh, because of, you know... He, he was a cool design and stuff like that in the first Mass Effect. But the funniest thing about that, for me, is I refused really to use him past my first playthrough because something about that specific ai was always so broken i wish i was on twitter back in the days when i played mass effect 1 originally because i had it's somewhere on my computer somewhere if i made it over i have hundreds of screenshots of Garrus getting stuck in ceilings <laughs> I, did, I, I did i did five playthroughs of the Look, game with Garrus, because he was he a just big was boy in the
0: he, he's large and in charge and the doorways are not built for him
2: no, he literally was just straight up in the day of ceiling, lawn darted, only his feet just dangling out. Every single mission started that way. And I'm like, I guess it's just going to be a me and Rex on this mission kind of thing. <laughs> and then even with the Legendary Edition, I swear like it was an intentional thing because uh, I have a video that I'm going to put up on Twitter at some point soon, which is just Garrus just unloads a full clip into the floor <laughs> randomly <laughs> in the mission. And there's no enemies. <laughs> he just does not right. There was a bug down there, man. <laughs> It was actually, it was a Ragnar-related mission, so there probably was a bug in the
0: floorboards. Adrian? <laughs> but...
1: <sighs> uh, yeah, I mean, the relationship system doesn't, didn't really matter to me too much. I think just because of Knights of the Old, Old Republic 2, like, the relationship system was, like, integral to, like, helping them become Jedi or Sith or whatever, whatever the case is. So I was pretty used to, like, having to go talk to crewmates, and I kind of like it. You know, you hear backstory, world building, like, that's... Um, that's all, all um, a thing, especially for the ones I didn't really take out, really, because I kind of, I'm the person who sticks with like the same characters, like the whole thing, because I liked them first, kind of like how I play my Pokemon games, like my first Rider dies when my first Rider dies, you know. Um, but Sad. yeah, I mean, that is
3: definitely how you play Pokemon. That's probably why I suck at Pokemon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't care if I have a you know, you know Sparrow still, like, it's fine. He, he's, I'm gonna level he's, that Sparrow up, and he'll be better. He's, he's working really, really hard. Okay. <laughs> uh so I, I like the relationship system um and i think those interactions are interesting i don't like that well i guess i, I mean it's kind of real life i guess but you know if you mess up one relationship then it might mess up another one and then i never get to see like that relationship yep. pan out which kind of sucks but i also like wanted to romance liara like every time i played so it, it's fine it's fine I, I can be i can be monogamous i'm good
0: <laughs> uh yeah i also ended up pretty much just taking garris and rex out whenever i could they were they were my they were my bros um and then so su- i would usually sub uh Re- i would end up sh- uh subbing out garris with liara every now and again uh mainly just because rex is a beastie tank that i just would stay next to um and only, I was and only because i'm probably gonna have to hear
3: from people in general Of no i did not use my damn companion in fallout 3 because it was the dumbest ai even worse than this and that <laughs> dog all, and dog meat just went out to die
1: every day <laughs> i am so hurt hearing you say this yeah i did not know that i you tried, tried to
3: save dog I, I refused to take dog meat out because he would just go die every time i did i had to restart over
0: no i such remember a good that boy he works so hard he, he good, does so But he's so this, dumb having having <laughs> having watched matt play it um i respect matt's decision because he cared enough about dog meat to leave him at home <laughs>
3: I left him at home. I used to build him a giant doghouse. Everything so put him in food <laughs> bowl. But you just couldn't come with me, boy, because you were just so dumb. Pride is best.
0: Um, so uh, one of the other really great things about Mass Effect and its relationship system is that while the same-sex relationships in the series aren't perfect, they do push forward the standard... Um, of what you can expect from games coming afterwards. Um, but one of the most important things that the series did for younger players was to help them kind of understand themselves by playing through the relationships because Mass Effect wasn't about, oh, this person's hot. Mass Effect is actually about building meaningful relationship with characters, romancing them, and ultimately actually taking them <laughs> to like that final sex stage most of the time.
1: No, it's because the blue alien was hot. It was always because whoever
0: was hottest.
3: You just happened to
1: do more con- more oh, dialogue for God. the hot. one. Come on, Kate. It's always
3: hot. It's Come
0: not. On. No, but you just
3: did. You did all the dialogue for the hot one. It didn't matter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you're completely right. It's not all about that, but.
0: But sometimes, if it was Liara, it was. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but just no. looking
1: at us in disgust right
3: now.
0: I I am looking at you in disgust. Um, uh, but no, but this is actually really important. And it's something that uh, I've actually seen quite a few people either write threads about or actually publish articles about and it was highlighted in the Mass Effect fan video is that Mass Effect was actually a really big tool for people to like understand their sexualities because it wasn't about just looking at a character. It was about forming a meaningful relationship and exploring that side of yourself that you may not have been able to, especially in more restrictive households, more restrictive communities, and that kind of stuff. And so... As much as, like, and we'll talk about it when we get into the, um, into the controversies, um, there are missteps with Mass Effect when it comes to same-sex relationships. Um, not everybody can romance everybody, and certain, some of those choices were guided by Fox News. That said, uh, this game is actually really pivotal for a lot of people kind of find out who they are, especially in that seventh, that seventh generation of gaming. Um, additionally, while we all like to talk about alien sex... It's important to note that the side missions and dialogues also created very strong platonic relationships as well. Um, Because the game pushes you to do more than just press A. Hi, it me. I press A. Um, And you have to really form stuff. And I will say, I have never felt emotionally... I have never felt emotionally devastated about a character's death like I have with Mass Effect 3. Um, and a lot of that is because Morden's my boy. He's there for you. When I'm trying to romance Garrus, he's giving me tips. He's telling me that <laughs> I gotta be careful because I could die. Like, that's a true friend. Um, and you get to see him grow from being a pretty space racist scientist to being a not space racist, racist scientist and actually really caring for Rex and learning that it's it's his job to undo what his people did. And it's an amazing story. And I can't name another series that gets me like like that. Adrian, why are you laughing?
1: Because he was a space racist too.
0: He was, but he changed <laughs> most of the game. He changed, not most thought, of the game. One game.
1: It, it stuck with me. It stuck with me. Like this guy. This
0: guy. Sir, jerk. you let Ashley act on it. I told Morden that hey, he was what? wrong, and I made him for. I made. I made Morden a better person because I made him confront his. His and his people's ill deeds. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, but I'm part of the human thing. So it's kind of hard for me to be like, hey, man, go jump off a cliff. No, nah, you're, you're you're right. That that that, that does sucks. And he has a whole bunch of arc and a whole bunch of growth. I just think it's funny because he starts out as space racist. How am I supposed to know? Maybe Ashley could have turned a corner. She so actually, she
0: doesn't. From what I've heard,
1: that's what that's what I'm I that's have, what I'm reading. Have, that's what I'm reading right now because <laughs> I googled it because I want to feel better about letting no. her live so long. But no, she just she turns out to be bad the entire way. So yep. <laughs> you know, if you don't like space racist, kill Ashley. Yep. Let, let the let the alien space racist be, be okay.
0: Exactly, Josh. <laughs>
2: Oh, I got nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have... No, I mean, uh, just on the topic like the platonic relationship aspect and stuff, and the, the emotional impact and things, I've never romanced Garrus, because I've never had a FemShep character uh, through... I want to say, I, I think I have started a FemShep character in, in Mass Effect 2, but I... Think I ended up romancing Thane if I remember right. So I've never, never, never done G- Garris's romance. So all my playthroughs, Garris is the best Thane friend. Thane is also a good choice. Know? Thane's a good choice, but you know, Garris is 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 the BFF. You know, he's he's the ride or die kind of person. So I've always just had this strong, like, friendly attraction to the character because of that. And I mean, Rex as well. There's a lot of characters in the end that you form these strong platonic relationships with. So yeah, it's not all banging. Some of it is,
3: but...
0: I <laughs> think yeah, that's also... Oh, go ahead. Um, no, because
3: it is well, cause I do, It is a nice little thing of doing this whole relationship stuff. Like I said, it's one of the intriguing part of, like for me at least, when I play Dragon Age. It's also... It's funny because we advance so much down the line to where obviously you see this in Skyrim. Obviously, we get this in Fable. Um, You get it some in the later Fallouts. And then it also leads to the weird downplay of, like, that's one of my biggest complaints about Outer Worlds. Like, we had all this stuff, and Outer Worlds just says... You're all friends, despite you spent twenty hours just talking to people. And I'm like, I don't like this.
0: You go hook (laughs) poverty up with somebody else instead of actually dating poverty.
3: You do, and then
2: okay, but but, but, the poverty mission is a really good mission. I really like. I like her. I I like her romance. So I don't mind it,
3: except for the fact that like then you get nobody. Yeah, there's (laughs) definitely that aspect of the game. (laughs) But I guess it's just funny because we talk about this and how it goes through and how we do end up seeing it a lot more in RPGs along the line. And then, like, the most latest one everybody likes, it's like, we're all just BFFs. i was like, time out, what? We spent all so much damn dialogue for that.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I will say, and I think that that's also one of my favorite things. And I think it's why I, I like, why Garrus is my main guy. It's because, like, with Garrus, and obviously it could be different with other characters, but, like, some characters you can only romance, like, for... Certain games, and... I don't know, like, Garrus, for me, there was, like... <laughs> Garrus, for me, felt like a real relationship in that, like, I started liking Garrus and wanting to romance him because there was a friendship and a respect initially. And then it was, like... He's, like, one of the only characters... Not the only, only characters, but, like, there there's a respect in which, like you don't see from the other characters to your character. He calls you on stuff repeatedly if you make, like, bad choices or, like, everything like that. He holds you accountable and, like, I don't know. It's just very, very good. And I think, like, it's the fact that Garrus is a good romance for me is because they balance off the platonic side, too. Because I definitely could see, Josh, where you just keep that platonic side and don't choose to, like, risk it in a romance or not. Yeah. And, like, I think that that's something that's really awesome.
2: I was <laughs> I was just saying, on that same subject, you know, that whole building a slow romance kind of thing from friendship thing, that's how I felt about Tali, because I hated the, Tali throughout most of my Mass Effect 1 playthroughs. I refused to take her or anything. I only finally took her out on missions, because I just, I don't know, she came across as, like, the annoying kid sister character almost to me, and... I was like, whatever, you immune system depleted person. Like, I I just, it didn't like, I was a dick and I just was like not interested in the character at all. And then finally I took her out because I was trying a 100% achievements for the game, which requires, uh, for Mass Effect 1 was like 40 side quests you had to do with the character. So I created my team shotguns, which was, you know, <laughs> Rex, her, and uh, whatever my character with a shotgun. I was like, oh, she's actually more interesting than I thought she was. Okay, whatever. Came back to Mass Effect 2, and it was like, almost like, absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. Suddenly Tali comes in in Mass Effect 2, and I'm like, oh, there's something more about you now. I don't know what it is. Did you did you change your hair? Did you do, that? like, you know, it's like it's, it's the spacesuit. There's nothing about it, but like something about the character just built on more and became my favorite romance I've done in the series. And it was the first one I did for Mass Effect 2 and for 3. So. I don't know that 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 whole idea of like the characters they growing on you and starting with the friendship thing yeah. makes sense to me.
0: And Rex is just best bro, like yeah, well yeah. So going from the relationships, uh, it actually goes perfectly into the controversies because the first the first one or the first few <sighs> are about them. Uh, so the sex scene controversy in 2007, Fox News lost their shit because of sex shocker to no one a cutscene from the mass from the first mass effect which contains depictions of partial nudity and sexual activity was accused by the neoconservative media outlet of being obscene now wait go
3: ahead best thing about this is i remember watching that and then i remember watching the dumb author lady get on there and try to defend it and had no idea what she was talking about and then everybody ruined all of her books and i stayed up for an entire day where everybody wrote reviews of going i never read your book but it's shit because she explicitly said, I've never played it, but obviously this is terrible.
0: Yeah, like most of Fox News. Um, <laughs> and the reason that this controversy is actually really important is because where you go into the actual censorship of the game. The actual censorship is that uh, the controversy with Fox News actually pushed Bioware management into the development of Mass Effect 2 to remove already planned same-sex, uh, same-sex romantic con- content From the companion characters like Jacob and Jack. And this is actually really visible. And it was, uh, I think it was like my fourth playthrough. I I wanted to romance Jack and I didn't know that I couldn't because I really love Jack as a character. Jack's dialogue shows you that that was supposed to be a romance choice. Mm -hmm. Like they did not clean that up at all. Like it's really bad um and the fact that they were essentially pushed by the fox response to just limit the same-sex options is really shitty like and this is incredibly and this is one of those things where like bioware pushed things by building in same-sex relationships and it helped a lot of people it could have been a lot better if they hadn't listened to fox (laughs) news um yeah as you
3: learn, as everybody in America, they always take a line in the stand until until it becomes to certain things.
0: Yeah, and controversy. Uh, additionally, controversy over the cutscene, especially one version which depicts which depicts a potential intimate scene between Liara and female Commander Shepard, attracted at least one instance of government scrutiny in which the game was banned in Singapore. So yeah. That happened. Now, the reason I say that these are actual censorship, because this is when an outside party and one involving a government actually made the game change what it was doing. Mm -hmm. Not actual censorship is Miranda's butt. Um, (laughs) So the reason that this was a controversy was Mass Effect fans for, like, the decade that's been happening, Uh, Miranda's a really good character, but a lot of people didn't learn that she was a good character because they just got annoyed by all the butt shots and never took her out on anything I was one of mm-hmm. those people initially and I was like look I get it Miranda's hot totally would be down for romancing her but also this is just annoying and I want a character with substance goodbye Miranda sit on the ship um, and so for a long time especially fans of Miranda like it's been a problem because like you don't see that type of camera angles done to any other character even Liara and Liara is for the most part like the number one hottie of the entire group um it's only Miranda and so now when the legendary edition came out I believe it was the head writer was like well I'm just gonna take it out because it really adds nothing to the game and I'm a different person now and this is my game I'm just gonna take it out and then the usual suspect said that it was censorship. And I was like, that's not what censorship means. Because the person who invented the game decided to just take it out because he didn't like it anymore.
2: If I remember it, right, it was specifically Miranda's writer who did yeah. that. Who 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 was like the one who insisted on it. And they made that decision, I believe. But at, as someone who was just like a very stereotypical, like, you know horny 20 year old playing the game. I'm like doing the, you know, the gratuitous ass shots thing with Miranda, you know, back then were ridiculous back then because she's, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm this clone and I'm talking about all the, you know, like clone thing and all these like, things about, my, about myself. She was talking
0: about like deep company intrigue with Cerberus yeah. and, and it's.
2: And I'm like, and, but, and the camera shot is I can, I can see her ass like straight up. And I'm like, this, this doesn't, this is, this is literally bad filming kind of thing. And the most comical thing about this, with this whole, you know, censorship thing, claiming that Miranda's ass being removed from these scenes is some censorship, censorship thing. Play Mass Effect 1 and look at Matriarch Benezia and tell me anything about the female form was censored. Yeah. Because, like... I mean, she's just all boobs. Yes. <laughs> I, nothing Nothing was censored. It's just one specific thing literally did not make sense to storytelling. Mm-hmm. It, it made no sense.
0: Because there's still a lot of like, well, like that legendary model was kind to everybody. Everybody. Mm-hmm. In, just in about that, everybody, you know. <laughs> In that. Everyone in except that for Udina. Remastered.
2: Udina did not get a good break <laughs> with the legendary.
0: <laughs> but. And so, um, I do have a question, yeah. by the way. So,
3: obviously, I don't personally care about Miranda's butt or not butt because I didn't play this, whatever else. But I do have a question because the, the differentiation of, obviously, a writer saying, I don't like this, so we took it out, fine. But at what point between actual, I guess, Bioware taking out all the stuff they did take?
0: Well, because it, so... Because uh, in the day, they still made the same no, decision
3: both ways. But
0: So, the difference is, is really that it's the writer's autonomy to do it. Because from the actual censorship pieces, and especially the pieces with, like, Jack Jack and Jacob and, like, the same-sex relationships, is nobody on the dev team wanted to do that. Um, They were pressured by Bioware to take it out. And at least, I think, like, when, when the news first broke on that, some of the devs and some of the writers were like, no, we left in Jack's dialogue. Like, they did that on purpose because of what it was supposed to be. And so, like, the difference is you have somebody who is actually developing and writing the game. And the difference is if they had made Miranda a super campy character where she was just a sexpot, those butt shots I'm totally fine with. But she wasn't. She was supposed to be this heavy, deep Cerberus spy clone who, like, has, like, probably the most convoluted story of everybody with like government oversight and intrigue and genetic manipulation and then it was but um and that that and that's what the writers when they removed it said is because it 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 didn't go for the story versus mm-hmm. when bioware pushed to have the same sex relationships removed it one it wasn't it it wasn't it wasn't the choices of the writers essentially and that's where you have the difference one is a creative decision one is something that's forced on you because of outside parties. And that's the difference between are you. Um, okay. Um, yeah. So that, that's just, that's how that breaks down. Also, part of me wishes they had made Miranda campy because I also didn't like her for a while, but I brought her on, on missions because she was kind of mean most of the time. I was like, well, if I need a mean person, I'll bring Miranda at like playthrough <laughs> number three. But the first playthrough was just like, you sit on the ship and you feel bad because you're annoying um
3: you were just jealous of her butt's all i got out of that she had a
0: nice butt but no uh garris's butt is better um anyway the last controversy is really just the mass effect 3 ending um uh, because we're already going a little bit long but um the big thing is that mass effect 3 it should the mass effect 3 ending as much as it's a controversy but why though It is really just a but why, though, in and of itself, because I kind of blame everything that has happened about about angry fans petitioning a company to change something. I blame on Bioware caving in for Mass Effect 3. Um, So although Mass Effect 3 garnered predominantly positive critical acclaim um, like its previous ones, controversy ended up surrounding the release. The most notable incident involved the public's reaction and refusal to accept the game's ending. Several players organized themselves over the internet to demand a better ending to the game, and one player filed a complaint to the U.S. Federal Trade Commission alleging that BioWare did not deliver the promise of the game. Public outcry drew conflicting responses from organizations like the the Better Business Bureau and the U.K.-based Advertising Standards Authority as to whether BioWare had engaged in false advertising and misled consumers under the law. That's how crazy these people went. Bioware later released an extended cut patch which would extend upon but not replace the endings for Mass Effect 3.
3: (sighs) Which also leads to another point of why this will still always be the most overrated because as beloved as it is, it opened Pandora's box that led to a bunch of bad shit.
0: Doesn't make it overrated, but yes, it opened Pandora's box. Like this is probably the worst thing to ever happen, but also like like, fans legit went to the Better Business Bureau. To, like, report yeah.
2: that. My short response to that will always be, eat shit. <laughs> to all the people who have said the response. But at the same time, my career exists because of the fan complaints, as ridiculous as, as it is. Because I started a podcast, Constant Calibrating, which was be just a one episode with my best friend at the time. We just wanted to record ourselves talking about Mass Effect 3. The ending controversy started right after we pretty much released the first episode. We're like, let's just do a second episode to talk about why we actually like the ending. And then that got traction, and then so, everything else led from that See, then
3: you experience. open the other box of just every person making a podcast. <laughs> that is... <yes. laughs>
2: you are correct. See, that, see, that's you see definitely... all the
3: Pandora's boxes this thing opened...
2: This had Pandora's boxes <laughs> inside. It's Pandora's boxes. But, no, I wonder
3: yeah. why this blew me away, though. Like, I was so, a person even not playing the game, I was just confused because all I ever heard was artistic vision. And so I was like, why do we hate this? And, and then I was another one of those of like, please don't tell me you change your game. And then the fact that they caved, I was like, oh, I lost any type of respect I ever had for you, Bioware. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I played this yeah. game on launch. I finished playing it. I wasn't online back then. I am a staunch defender of the original Mass Effect 3 ending. We don't need anything else. Some heroes have sad stories. Some heroes can do everything right and things can still go wrong. And the entire game was the ending for everybody. Um, For every single character. For your character. And it wasn't... Mass Effect is a true piece in that... The ending was the friend you made along the way. That's actually <laughs> what Mass Effect Three was about. And Adrian, I will say, I want you to play through and I want you to experience that ending, and I want to know what you think, because like I think when I, I think what happened is a lot of what happens when people read fan fiction, and not the same people reading fan fiction with Mass Effect, although they probably were, is that that you set up an expectation, and when something doesn't meet it, you're automatically angry. And I think we see this happen with so many trilogies. And I think as a Star Wars fan, that's probably the best analogy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I've been lucky enough to like avoid... I don't even know what like the endings are or like what the ending is in general. So I don't know what people are upset about. So I'm going in so pretty blind, um, which I'm excited for. But also, you know, good things can come out of this. I got my alternate ending to How I Met Your Mother because of this. I'm, I'm going to attribute. Because if that ending didn't get... If I didn't get an alternate ending for How I you Met Your Mother, I'd burn down the whole city too so it's okay
0: so you're in support of the snyder cut
1: yeah i didn't say that didn't
3: not quite, not, not quite. <laughs> hold on and better thing he's saying that because he's not in support of
1: game of thrones
0: <laughs>
1: not in, don't send them death threats but give me a better edit.
0: <laughs> um and I think uh, the other thing that this really spirals into um, they were also accused of unethical business practices over it's handling the race of uh, Mass Effect 3s from the Ashes DLC pack, as well as allegations of uh, conflict of interest involving video game media personality Jessica Chobot's uh, appearances of an NPC in Mass Effect 3, although personally I think those are reaches. The other thing that this sets up um and probably the most direct is because they caved for this first one and this does not justify any of the hate that the dev team for mass effect andromeda got they did not deserve that crap um so,
3: no. i do wonder before we get into the andromeda stuff how much does ea buying them for the third game
0: oh andromeda no that that's probably a big piece that's because probably EA,
3: right. I believe, was... publishes the third one because they just purchased Bioware if I remember correctly. No, they published the second and third yeah. one. So they do because... publish the second one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: the announcement the announcement that I don't remember the exact date, but the announcement that EA had bought Bioware was uh, almost like linked almost perfectly in with Mass Effect One's release because it was weird seeing the Microsoft logo for Mass Effect One, knowing that everything else was gonna be EA okay. kind of thing. Yeah. Um but yeah, so uh,
0: that opens the door oops, to gone giant harassment death threat campaigns and so much more and worse uh for the entire dev team andromeda when it launched with a few bugs yeah also andromeda isn't bad it's just not the original trilogy
3: which doesn't matter in the minds of anything
0: uh, well, we're getting a four. That's how point. you get Anthem
3: 1.1, 1.2, 1.3. No, we 1. got 3.
0: Anthem because they weren't doing more of this stuff. They should have just stayed in the Mass Effect universe. Yeah,
2: Anthem happened because they canceled Andromeda's exactly. DLC. Yeah, <laughs> because since we nobody wanted more
3: Andromeda. I did. I <laughs> you were one of the do. few people. I have an Andromeda shrine right here. <laughs> that part is like said. I don't. I, I the only thing I know about Andromeda playing. Is I asked Kate why didn't you play it, and she was like, "I don't like it. It was boring."
0: It was boring. It was. It wasn't. And that's bad. what I'm saying. And so it when it comes to like, it wasn't bad. It was. boring. But it
3: wasn't. Wasn't what you wanted. It wasn't. No, it was boring.
0: Um, Almost anyway... as if you built
1: up a thing of what the game was supposed to be, and then when it wasn't, you didn't. Oh like it? no!
0: It was actually just the way that they ran the mechanics from it. So like, essentially, oh, okay. they, it wasn't. It wasn't a Mass Effect game to me. Like the entire ah, planetary gotcha. expo- yeah. uh, exploration was completely different all of the like the combat felt really different for me and then I didn't like the way that the character stuff was progressing because it was really focused going to these stupid planets and it wasn't as focused on the character driving as as much as I wanted and I I I stayed because I wanted to romance Jahl and then after I hit that point I was like okay I'm out I got what I wanted
2: so Mass Effect Andromeda, I'll go very quick on this. The, the reason why there's issues with Mass Effect Andromeda in large part is because they did the same thing that Dragon Age Inquisition did. They're pretty much practically the same game. One is fantasy, one is space. A lot of the way of way too open spaces, way too much to do, all these things are there. But then they also gave you the companion relationships akin to Mass Effect 1, but not 2 and two, 3. Yeah. 2 and 3 were these more in-depth relationships, while 1 was a lot more just like question and answer. Yep so you had reduced relationships eh, way too much honestly unnecessary stuff to whole do pla- like i'm not and,
0: exaggerating it was a whole planet
2: oh no it's <laughs> i anytime people complain wow it takes so long to go you know to to drive around the uh the uncharted planet's in mass effect 1 i'm like yeah go on to uh the ice planet which i love the ice planet in mass effect drama go into that planet Oh my God! And then it, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. This it, it was literally every planet in, in Andromeda is the hinterlands from Dragon Age Inquisition, yeah. is thing. And I say, oh, and then the combat was very different. And then the crafting mechanics for the weapons were the weapons you could super. literally. I I literally made a weapon that uh, I didn't realize did no damage. I actually made a weapon that was incapable of doing damage. And it, I, why does that? Why is that even an option? To do and I had to roll back my game an, an hour to do things I was like wow this I'm doing like this raid level boss thing because it's it, it literally I fought one specific boss thing for two and a half hours not exaggerating two and a half hours for a single fight I'm like wow this is just taking forever I remade the weapon did the fight again and it took me 11 minutes and I was like oh cool because I, I had a broken gun. The game has problems,
3: and yet I'm still a person who will be like, "Yeah, still like it." <laughs> no, it is wild because that is something that I've always questioned too. Because there's been so many other games which we've talked about and on here, like they just allow you to freedom, I guess, per se, of like freedom to make dumb shit that doesn't help the game and just useless. So I do think like it, a d- gun that doesn't overscope. Yeah. Yeah. To Adrian's
0: yeah. point, I think there is a little bit in that it wasn't Mass Effect, but I think that that's fair for something that was. Taking place in Mass Effect with a Mass Effect name, six hundred years in the future from Mass Effect, um, and then just like did it didn't it didn't get the foundation right. It's kind of like when you go into something and it says that it's a thing, but like you don't have that that foundation. And I guess
3: that's where I cut my whole point of some point of basically you have these three and you're just kind of that's it. You can't go any and at this point you have look a like sequel
0: it. coming. To the original Mass Effect trilogy. It's untitled Mass Effect game. Don't know anything else about it. Yeah. It's sequel
2: to both. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's, all, it's been both. confirmed. Okay, sequel to Even both. It's, it's all but been confirmed that it's going to be a sequel to both the trilogy and Andromeda.
0: Um, so. And then uh, this goes into where it's a successful franchise or a successful trilogy. Um, Just by so much how much stuff it has. So it has one, two, three, Andromeda, the untitled fourth one. Uh, you end up with two compilations, Mass Effect Trilogy, and then what just released, which is the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Then you have Mass Effect and Galaxy. complaining
3: about Skyrim.
0: Look, these are <laughs> generations <laughs> apart. Um, and then you also have Mass Effect Galaxy, Mass Effect, which is in Iowa, which is a mobile, we have a whole, We have four mobile games. Mass Effect Galaxy, Mass Effect Infiltrator, Ma- Mass Effect Datapad, and then Mass Effect Andromeda Apex HQ. Um, and that those are all of like the, spin, the spin-off games and stuff like that. There was a Mass Effect ride in 2016, Mass Effect New Earth. It is a 4D holographic experience introduced into California's Great America Amusement Park in 2016. Don't know if it's still there. There are two trilogies of books. So Del Rey published Mass Effect Revelation, Mass Effect Ascension, and Mass Effect Retribution, all by Drew, Drew Um, I have two of those. Um, they were actually really good. Um, I've read
2: all three. What's funny about that is you have the, those three, but there's a fourth book not written by Drew that has been disavowed really? by Bioware. Oh, because it's so... Compl- it, it, it has the uh, one of the characters who goes through from, I think, from Ascension forward and she's completely written just as like a generic sex like crazed kind of character and stuff like that and it completely and utterly changes like the person who wrote it admitted that they'd never read or heard anything about Mass Effect. Oh dear no. And Bioware Bioware actually made a comment about the book stating that they were going to have someone completely rewrite it from the ground up and release the book. It never happened. Wow. <laughs> I don't remember what it was called. I, it's, I never read it.
0: So. Uh, then you have the trilogy of books published by Titan, uh, which are tie-ins for Mass Effect Andromeda, Mass Effect Nexus Rising by Jason Hume and Casey Alexander, Mass Effect Initiation by N.K. Jemison and Mac Walters, and then Mass Effect Annihilation by Catherine N. Val- Valente. Um, then you have an interactive novel so, Mass Effect: uh, Pick Your Path is an unofficial, popular interactive fiction novel written by Mike Kayata that runs parallel to the events of Mass Effect Two. Follows the exploits of an unnamed Citadel merchant who chases Commander Shepard around the galaxy to gain endorsement for his shop. And then there are eleven Dark Horse comics, um, all going into various, uh, various, connecting to various games. Um, there is a film announced. <laughs> um it was announced in 2010 by legendary pictures and warner brothers they are uh, they acquired the rights in 2010 with the game's executive producer casey hudson as well as ray Muzikya, greg zeshuk uh, from Bioware, serving as executive producers. Initially, Legendary planned to produce the film with Thomas Toole, John Gersani, um, Avi Arad, which is a scary name to see attached to things he kind of does really bad movies all the time, and a screenplay by Mark Procevich. Uh, it was uh, essentially, uh, Procevich and the producers have stated that the film will follow the plot of the original game. Um, as of 2012, Variety announced that Morgan Davis Full would be writing the screenplay. And then in February of 2021 it is assumed 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 I was like you this are putting a lot word. of
3: like a weight on some this of these is words
0: assumed right now that Henry Cavill will be in uh in Mass Effect in, in an adaptation of Mass Effect or Mass Effect 3 If we've
3: ever had anything that is a scoop like leak of whatever else sir or grass sir. Would this thing
0: sir sir They unscrambled the blurred image. I don't want him Uh, to play Shepard. I want him to be Garrus. I want him to be Garrus, very bad. I also just want Henry Cavill to be living his best nerdy life. And I want this for him. I don't want him. I don't (laughs) want Mass Effect for me, Matt. I want Mass Effect for Henry.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I just want it to be a TV
2: show. I just, I just want a damn TV show. I don't want a I,
0: Yeah, I don't want a movie either. They're going to mess it up if it's a movie. I know. They're going to get three yeah.
3: movies and with the third one sucking at the ending, right?
0: Yeah. No, they're going to get... <laughs> anyway, uh, but they do have one... My choices
3: didn't matter in the
2: movie, game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Um,
0: and then you have the official Mass Effect movie, which is Mass Effect, uh, Mass Effect Paragon Lost, which came out in 2012. Um, EA announced uh, that anime distributor Funimation Entertainment and Japanese Studio Tio Entertainment would produce an anime film adaptation based on the series. This movie is specifically a prequel to Mass Effect 3 and follows the early career of Alliance Marine James Vega as he leads an elite Special Forces squad into battle against the Collectors. Side note, I wanted to, I wanted very hard to like Vega so that I could romance him. I hated him. I hate him so much. I don't ever want to be near this man. He's awful. He's a misogynistic piece of crap. I don't like Vega and it bothers me. Um, it's such a waste as, of a seemingly somebody, brown
1: character. Yeah. It's so annoying, dude. It's, it's so, so annoying. It's so bad. He's, he's, he's so like bad. stereotype. Like he's like a caricature of like what a person is. Like yeah. it's so yeah. bad.
0: It's very bad. I
2: was saying someone who's had a crush on Freddy Prince Jr. most of their life. I just wanted to romance Freddy Prince Jr. and <laughs> Nope. Nope. Game with Can't do it.
0: Um and then apparently, if you do romance him, fun fact, he makes a note to how you're abusing your power. And then it yep. So don't do it, guys. A just jerk. just avoid Vega. Um he's stationed at a colony in a remote star system. Vega and his soldiers must protect the civilians from a ruthless invasion by the collectors, determined to capture the population for unknown purposes. And then there are two board games, which are just adaptations or like uh, skins of Mass Effect. There is a Risk Mass Effect Galaxy War edition, and then a Monopoly Mass Effect game. And then there are a few art books. I have both
2: of those. Yeah.
1: <laughs> a D and D like Five E style kind of like thing for Mass Effect would be so. Fun.
0: I would play a D and D homebrew of that. Like, yeah,
1: that there's has to be out there, obviously. But that sounds like something that I would do for sure.
2: The third episode of massively affected, we actually talk about that and debate you know because there's there's a bunch of podcasts that do like uh uh that do d and d their own homebrews and stuff like that, but we actually had a debate like what actually would make for a good d and d experience what does d and d for again Dungeons and dragons
3: that's not space <laughs> That being said, no way, Matt. <laughs> I,
2: that being said, I would, I, I've wanted to play d a, and D esque version. You know, I want to do a version of that for Mass Effect as long as I can remember. So
3: I had to listen. Everybody shit talk all the swords and magic here, and all of a sudden now, Dungeon and Dragons. We gotta go to space. Just there's the Omni Blades <laughs> and there's Biotics. Those are. Yeah, so if
1: you're listening, you wanna, you wanna put us through a, I don't, know, a D and D style in space without the swords. Let us know, because I would totally be down for a one-shot for that. Even if it's just like a one-shot where I get to be... I hope you uh... all
3: shoot like Stormtroopers. (laughs) (laughs) Look, man, as someone who who went through a
1: thing with with Grant for Star Wars, it works. It works. Space (laughs) stuff works in this thing. It's fun. The space opera. Uh, Space
0: opera, there you go. So the final, but why, though, is the Legendary Edition, just to kind of end on this note. Uh, So on November 7th... Wait, wait, wait.
1: I googled it, there is no musical for anyone wondering but the music is fantastic in this game but also probably really hard to do a musical about a game that has like a million choices
0: The music is stunning I used to listen to the Mass Effect 3 soundtrack all the time I love it
1: That ambiance is great It's my prime writing music If I'm looking to do any
2: creative writing, that's usually what I put on
3: So good Y'all like elevators
0: You know what, I do do. enjoy that elevator, (laughs) sir (laughs) And? (laughs) <laughs> um yeah, so fun fact is that N7 Day is November seventh. Uh it was declared was first declared such in 2012 by Bioware as an, anima- an annual worldwide celebration of the Mass Effect Media franchise. Um and that uh in twenty twenty was when the legendary edition was announced announced everybody lost their collective shits, me included. Uh, And they stated that the the goal of the remaster was not to remake or reimagine the original games, but to modernize the experience so that fans and new players can experience the original work in the best possible form. The remaster also features all previously released downloadable content, enhanced textures, shaders, models, effects, and textual features of the three enormous games. However, due to Mass Effect 1's age, it had received the most extensive work for the Legendary Edition, to which BioWare compared its quality to that of a remake, while stating that the other two games were still solidly
2: remasters they say all dlc but just to be clear pinnacle station you will not be remembered (laughs) at all because that did not make it in and i'm really good without it um
0: but yeah um and that's it i mean josh have you started playing the legendary edition
2: yep i am 25 hours or so in uh i absolutely beyond love it it's been it's been a blast to play uh They've definitely changed a lot about Mass Effect 1. It's wild because the last time I played through Mass Effect 1 or attempted to, I got bogged down with the fact that I just was like, I wasn't enjoying the combat and the game felt hard and all the loading screens were too long. Uh, I don't know what they did to combat, but the game on normal is very easy and it's in an, in an enjoyable sort of way. Um, they, there's stuff you still can get into issues and things, but it's been nice. Uh but what's been most uh, interesting for me is how much I just don't I'm not bothered by by traveling anymore in the game because it no longer takes a minute, you know, to do literally everything. So there's still loading screens that take a while, but I used to hate uh, talking to my crew after like the fifth or sixth playthrough because that elevator on the Normandy, you could literally go to the bathroom and come back and you're still in there. Now it feels like you're going down one floor. It's it's amazing. It's it's so nice to just be able to. Yep, I'm just gonna pop down, sell some stuff to the guy, talk to all my people, go back up, and we're back on a mission. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 loving my experience. What what are
1: generation. you playing it on? Just feel my my asking. Uh, PS five. PS five. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's it's been good. I've heard p I've heard the PC version is uh faster for the you
1: know yeah that's that, that, that's what i was wondering so like, it sounds like they just made everything faster just in general so that's what that, that's how structure i decided like, do i play on pc do i play on console but um if it's running fast on console I'm, I'm about it
2: i'm in yeah no it's it's there's been a few hiccups here and there stuff like that but the ps5 version well ps4 version uh has been great i picked it up because my feeling was i 100 percented of the trilogy on uh for tro- for achievements i'm gonna platinum it for uh for, for trophies now yeah
1: um, I, i'm excited about it as someone who didn't get who came into like the game way late everyone's telling me like to download all this downloadable content and stuff like that but in you know the late 20 you know 20 teens it's kind of like annoying to go buy xbox 360 mm-hmm. content you know uh <laughs> so i pick up like their base games from like um the video game shop down the street, not quite a Hollywood video, but, you know, kind of similar, a very dying breed of, of video game store. But it it, it it worked out great. But if I get to play all the stuff, there's really no reason to go back to play that old playthrough. So yeah. I'm glad they just gave it to everybody. That we don't have to pay extra for more things. That, I
2: know. mean, they gave you everything. It's literally like the promotional items, my like all the, all the armors from Mass Effect Two that you had to like buy Dark Doctor Peppers yeah. or yeah. play the Kingdom that's of or awesome. demo or whatever. You get everything, and it's so it's so nice. As somebody who literally has all that crap, the physical <laughs> items I had to buy over the years, just sitting around here, a box of Mass Effect Three action figures over there.
0: <laughs> oh. Um. So yeah, uh, that's all I had. So. If we want to go into, I guess, final thoughts, Josh, you will be last. Our guests always go last, so they can close out the show. Uh, my final thought is this whole damn episode, Mass Effect was good. These characters are phenomenal, and I can't wait to actually get to play it again because I have not started playing the Legendary Edition yet, sadly, because I haven't had time. Um, Matt, you want me to go first? Yes, so we can, <laughs> okay. we can clean it all
1: up. Got to sandwich rest. it. We got to. All sandwich. right, all
0: right.
3: Um, one, this is still the most overrated franchise out there not that i don't think it's a good franchise i just think it's overrated whether the fact that you basically have a trilogy and you basically are stuck within that trilogy because you can't go anywhere else or the fact that your game still has not even outsold your franchise hadn't even outsold skyrim and you barely because skyrim is on
0: every console imaginable
3: <laughs> well so is this one at this point um still not remotely it's not close. on
0: alexa sir
3: um and the mechanics of just being janky they don't the combat's terrible Um. Obviously, as first, once again, you're selling me that these are masterpieces and the greatest thing ever. It they're combat terrible. I
0: definitely Um, should have asked you to be on here. You're making me sad.
3: That's fine. Um, the skills are boring, and your characters, while it's cool, it ends up at some point. Do people just want a dating sim? Because I don't know what all people want to do other than just talk to them and, and screw their alien friends. I
0: I I explicitly said that I don't want to screw all of my alien friends, sir. anyway I mean, Adrian clean, is up, is this fine, mess. clean just, up this mess
1: hasn't... clean up this mess Adrian <laughs> uh for me I, I think I mean this is a game that you know Kate had told me about for years like since since we were friends and I just finally got in I finally got into it and I just really really enjoyed it so I'm excited to get back into it because I you know I like a game that can do both it's why I like Boulder's Gate 3 so much because you have cool combat stuff where you get to go shoot people and things like that but then you get to go back to the camp and kind of talk to people and um I think it's it's an improvement on the things that were laid in it's a lot of the reasons why I like Mass Effect is because I really like Nazi the old Republic and Mass Effect improves on all those things and gives you more options to do things so whether it's a lightsaber or a you know space pistol um the the games are fun and I think the conversations around them are really cool to listen to even if I only have you know 99% of one playthrough gone through it's interesting to see how everyone else's playthrough is different and I think that's just like a marker of a um, a good franchise a good game because the, the ending is always going to be or the the journey is always different for everybody which is you know not always the case for for a lot of games in, in here and I'm glad that they released this legendary edition with all the stuff because they could have very well been like okay well now purchase you know this the DLC stuff that could have definitely been a thing we've seen that with video games um, in the last you know, five years doing stuff like that so I'm just I appreciate it for what it is in terms of an RPG game, and also the conversation that it kind of facilitates. Um, you know, like this one, whether it's overrated or not. You know, that's a conversation that we're having. You know, we don't. It's not a we hate this game or we love this game. There's conversations to be had about the various aspects of the game itself.
2: Yeah, I mean, what do I mean? I don't even. I had a complete prepared thought in the Mac. Mac no, I mean for me, how dare
0: this with... game be what it says that it is.
2: No, but with me with Mass RPG, Effect, I mean, obviously,
0: yeah.
2: Mass Effect has been an important aspect about a, a lot of things for me. But what what stands out the most for <laughs> what stands out the most for Mass Effect for me is it. It's kind of building off what a, what Adrian said. So, Mass Effect is is all these different stories, all these different things that we've done and all these different experiences. Whenever I go to an event, this is what I was trying to get to. I finally remembered. So when whenever I go to an event, I have these instances with people. Almost every... Every event I have one night where just some random person, some random game industry person or game industry adjacent person, Mass Effect comes out. Either they see the constant calibrating logo back when I used to do that, and they're like, oh, does that have anything to do with Garrus? Or I'm wearing one of my damn hoodies or something like that. Mass Effect comes up in conversation, and I have like an hour-long drunk or not drunken conversation with somebody about choices, and there's always a thing where it's just like, wow, I didn't know that could happen, or I didn't know that could happen, or those kinds of things. And that's what, what I like about Mass Effect, and that's why this series has longevity because people think that mass effect is my favorite series that they're my favorite games. They're not my favorite world. Like pop culture world is dragon ages Thetis. And as far as favorite games go it mass effect. I don't know if any of the mass effect games are even in my top five, but it's, it's the mass effect world. It is the impact mass effect has had for better or worse. That is why I follow the franchise, which is why I come back to the franchise, which is why I am interested in so much and it's why i started a podcast about it because that that matters to me
0: i think that's important i like it i like it (laughs) so uh if you listen to this and you want to support us a little bit more head on over to patreon.com slash but why though pc if you want to get involved in the conversation head over to our discord discord.gg slash but why though and you can follow us on all of our social media at away the PC. Uh, thank you so much, Josh, for coming on and talking with us and uh, sharing your love. Uh, so why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, your work, and all that good stuff.
2: Yeah, so, uh, you know, thank you for having me on the show. It's been a blast. I'm glad I got to finally join you guys for something and, you know, got to talk Mass Effect, got, got to tell Matt to shut up. So it's... I'm YouTube at this point
3: with everybody. Uh...
2: It was met with a, from a place of love, but uh, no. So you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Bear Punch, and that's where I anything I'm talking about, any thoughts related to things, uh, you'll see me talking there. And then the podcast, you know, Massively Affected is a brand new podcast on. But why though? So you know, go to the website. You can check it out there. But you can also find that on every podcast service, and it's on Twitter at Mass Affected Pod. Uh, a not e in this case you were and, so great yeah. at
3: making twitter handles
2: i i guess <laughs> <laughs> i i literally i think that's the first time i've promoted the show where i actually said the correct handle without having to look it up <laughs> because my brain cannot remember what it is
0: <laughs> so, yeah. yeah uh you find me on Twitter, where I'm probably still yelling about Castlevania, but I think I've got that all out of my system now, so I'll just start playing some Mass Effect and keep it all to myself because I don't want your discourse. Adrian?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Super P E R R U I Z 93. Matt. Fallout has almost doubled the sales of Mass Effect entire franchise, so it's Guitar
3: Hero. Um, I can keep going, but there's the fact uh, there's now too.
1: Still, mm-hmm. Esports, Sports, sports. Um, care about story bad (laughs) if they didn't care about if they didn't care about story they wouldn't have gone to the better business bureau (laughs) because the story ended bad
3: (laughs) thanks you ruined everything from after 2011
0: to just not talk to anybody that's what he wants that's fine
3: I don't have to talk to anybody. But no, overall, like, I don't know. Stop
0: I get talking. it, but Josh, it's, your turn it's
1: just... Jason! <laughs> cut it all out.